through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worship.
morning, you wonderfully looking, beautiful people. We are so glad that you're here this morning at Victor Christian Fellowship. And we're just excited to gather with the family of God and worship God in spirit and in truth. And Lord, we're so grateful and thankful that we have a good God. We have a loving Father and a faithful friend who sits close to us. And Lord, this morning we give you the glory and the honor that is due your name. And we bless you and praise you. Thank you for touching us with your mighty power and moving in our midst by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we love you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's stand together.
just lift your hand. Oh, he's good forever. He's good forever and ever. His love is eternal. His goodness is eternal. His ways are eternally higher. Oh, we love you in this house. We love you in this house.
have a good, loving Father who's patient and kind. He is faithful and true. He loves you. Oh, He loves you. He's chosen you. He's called you. You're accepted in the beloved. Father, we thank you for your loving arms. Lord, your steadfastness. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt the name of Jesus. We exalt the Word of God. We exalt the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory. You do great and mighty things. And I thank you right now for strengthening your people. Lord, you touch their aches and pains. And you bring healing and life and strength to those places in their bodies right now. I thank you the anointing destroys the yoke and removes the burden of sickness, disease, infirmity, and weakness in the name of Jesus. I call your people, Father, healed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I call them whole. I call them strong. Lord, I call them operating at 100% operating capacity. Lord, any tightness in their body is loose right now in the name of Jesus. I command those joints to be loose. Thank you for your mighty touch and your power, Father. There's a healer in this house. His name is Jesus. He's in the healing business. He's a healing specialist. Hallelujah. Just receive your healing. Say, Lord, I take my healing right now. I'm healed. I'm whole because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You just receive it. And you just call yourself what he says. You're whole. You're healed. Thank you, Lord, that you're in our midst. And we're so grateful that we have a God who speaks to us. Thank you for speaking to us. If you don't know the way in which you need to go, don't worry, I am the way. If you don't know what's true, don't worry, I am the truth. And if you need a boost of life, don't worry, I am the life, says the Lord. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I will do these things in you. I will show you the way. I will guide you in truth. And I will give you abundant life because I love you. You are mine, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're so good. You're so good, Lord. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Thank you. You may have your seats. Praise God. But just keep loving God. Keep loving the Father. Hallelujah. You know, there was a secular song. You may have heard it. 
years gone by, it was like, walk like a man, we should walk like we're healed. Walk like we're full. Walk like we're rich. Amen. Walk like we're blessed. Just changing the words a bit. Hallelujah. We're so glad that you're here at Victor Christian Fellowship today. And uh, just want to say a big thanks uh, to the new generation Air Force. Yes. As they uh, spearheaded the outreach as we took over Memorial Park. And uh, we got to meet a lot of uh, great people, got to share the gospel. Uh, A lot of people heard the word. They had Mm -hmm. seeds planted in their hearts, and some of them may have been watered. But it was a great and wonderful day, and I want to thank everyone who participated and supported that. Uh, It was awesome. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you ready to speak the word? We're going to emphasize our confession and invite you to join us as we make our confession of faith. Let's make our confession. God God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. God the Father selected us as his own before the foundation of the world. He desires for us to be holy, consecrated, set apart for him, and blameless in his sight. The Lord revealed to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. In Christ we have received an inheritance, having been chosen according to his divine purpose, who works everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his will. When we heard the true gospel, the good news of our salvation, and believed in Jesus, we were sealed with God's Holy Spirit and protected by him. God made us alive together with Christ. By his grace, we are saved from God's judgment. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Good morning, BCF. I'm so happy to be at church. We had a wonderful time yesterday at Summer Supreme, so thank you for everyone who showed up. It was awesome, and if you can't tell, some of us got a little bit sunburned. (laughs) Okay, so we have some announcements for you today. First thing is, well, first thing on the list, calling all smiley people. Everybody can smile, right? We are putting together a visitor team to welcome others with the love of Jesus. So if you are interested in helping with that or learning more, you can sign up in the back. We actually have a new sign-up table, so we have lots of things going on. We have lots of opportunities. I'll tell you all about them. Also, this week, the Hagens are going to be at Faith Alive Fellowship in Spring Mills, Pennsylvania. And that's this Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I think it's like an hour and a half away, two hours, something like that. So they're going to be close and in Pennsylvania. So if you are interested in going, it would be a fun time. Also, on Saturday, so this Saturday, August 26th, we have a couple of things happening. 
First, we will be at the Palmyra Square from 9.30 to 10.30, so you're welcome to join us. We hold up signs, people honk their horns. Um, I had one friend who commented to me, he's like, I saw on Facebook that you were at the square, because, you know, we post, like, live videos sometimes. He's like, that's so awesome. He goes, and that kind of thing is breaking out all over the United States. He goes, so I'm so glad that, like, it's happening here, too. He was very excited to see that we were doing that. Also on Saturday, there is a prayer walk happening because school starts um, Monday for some school districts and next week for other school districts. So it's like it's already here. So we want to pray for the children and for the next generation and the school system. So we're covering three schools. If you are interested, you can, again, sign up at the sign-up table in the back, and that's Saturday at 10 a.m. And also on Saturday, because of those other events, there will not be Barnabas. And that we have exciting news. Pastor Doug leaves for India next Sunday. It came up fast. <laughs> um, the goal reached for him to go to India, so thank you for everybody who participated for that. There is more opportunities. I know. Everybody celebrate. Woo! <laughs> it's it's awesome that we get to send Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona like all over the world because people need to hear the gospel and our pastors are amazing at sharing it. There are more trips coming up, so you can still continue to be a blessing and to participate in September. Um, Dr. Fiona is going to Guyana, and in November, um, Pastor Doug will be going to Liberia and be doing crusades helping to feed the people spiritually and physically, right? So we are spreading the gospel all over the place. BCF is going all over the world. Okay, that was our third page of announcements. Page number four. (laughs) We have the Inheritance Family Conference, and that is the last weekend in October. So for people who like to plan ahead, right, we are planning ahead. October 27th and 28th. It is for kids, the family, single people, volunteers, come to the conference. Like, everybody's welcome. We're going to have prizes, fun time. Like, because we want to impact generations and the whole family as well. Okay? So bring everybody you know with you. And just as a reminder, um, there last week I think we got, like, QR codes. On the website, you can sign up to, um, like, donate meals to people when there's, like, a need that arises or anything like that. Because, again, we're all about showing the love of Jesus. So any of these opportunities, you are more than welcome to sign up. And if you have questions, just ask one of us. And here's my fact, okay? I learned a little bit about beavers. I know that beavers build dams. That's not the fact, okay, because I, 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 <laughs> I knew that part. Um, but what I didn't know is how they built them, okay? So I just looked up facts about beavers. It's kind of weird because I was like, Lord, what do I share tomorrow? And I just heard the word beavers, and I was like, I don't even like beavers. They're giant rats. Like, why do I need to know about them? <laughs> but I looked them up anyhow. Facts about beavers, okay? <laughs> and they build dams out of, like, reeds, stalks, rocks all sorts of things, like small little, like, trees, saplings, and things like that. And the way they do that is they basically weave them together like a basket. I thought they just shoved things places. Like, it was just, like, all disorganized and chaos, and it was kind of, you know, whatever. No, they do it on purpose, and they're one of the few animals that actually change their environment, right? 
Every other animal, most of them, will move to a different place if their environment changes. They'll just go somewhere else. Beavers are the ones that actually change their environment to fit their needs, okay? I know you guys can see where I'm going with this, okay? So they weave together everything, and they use, like, big rocks and, that, and stuff like that, too. Um, and in the Bible, in Psalm 139, it talks about how God, like, wove us together in our mother's womb, right? So beavers, they make those dams airtight and watertight, so not much really gets through. And it's to stop stream erosion, but also it creates ponds for new life to happen. So more fishes and stuff show up. I don't know if that's the right word, fish, fishes. Anyhow, um, with our life, right, God did a much better job weaving us together than beavers do with building dams. So your life is watertight, okay? God didn't make any errors or any mistakes when he created you and created your life. And your life is designed to help create new life for other people. Isn't that cool? So that's what I learned about beavers. If you're our student that's uh, going to school soon, or a teacher that's going to school, I want you to stand up. Hallelujah. All the students and all the teachers stand up. Praise the Lord. Just want you to stretch forth your hands, and we're going to pray for the kids and the teachers. Heavenly Father, Father. we're so grateful and thankful for your anointing on the teachers and on these students, Lord. I thank you that you have put your light in them, and they will be lights in the school system and in their schools in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we pray protection uh, over them, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you keep them safe, but you will work through them, Lord, to touch and change lives in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Lord, we call them blessed. Thank you that your hand of strength rests upon them, and we give you glory and honor and praise, Father. We send them out into their schools under the anointing of God, and we thank you, Father, that you will give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation on how to reach fellow students or how to reach uh, their class. Classes, whatever uh, you need to do to work through them, Father, you have anointed them with fresh oil, yes. and we bless them for this school year in Thank Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise the Lord. God is a good God. I want you to ask yourself a question. Are you a waterer? You're thinking, what is he talking about? Well, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, the Bible says in verse 24, Proverbs 11, verse 24, it says, There is one that scatters and yet increases. Say, scatters? And increases. That is the mystery of the kingdom of God. How are you going to increase in God's kingdom? You got to scatter. All right? And there is one that withholds more than his meat, but it tends to poverty. In God's kingdom, withholding uh, our uh, 
gifts, talents, and abilities and resources, that's going to tend to poverty. And he said, uh, verse 25, the liberal soul shall be made fat. That doesn't mean you're going to gain weight. It means you're going to be anointed. <laughs> Amen? And he that waters, that's, that's the word I was talking about. He that waters shall be watered himself. How, how many want to be watered? Well, then you've got to be a waterer, right? You're, you're a spigot for God. And he has turned you on with the life of Jesus. And when we have opportunities to sow or to scatter or to water, we take those opportunities and we do that. And then God waters us. He increases us. Amen. And he blesses us. Amen. Because God celebrates givers because he is the greatest giver of all. And uh, so in your giving this morning, your tithes and your offerings, you can do that anytime during the service. And I really mean that. Uh, we have containers by the bookstore, and as you came in, they have uh, envelopes there if you need to designate something, and uh, we just appreciate your giving. Heavenly Father, I present the givers and their gifts to you today in the name of Jesus, and Lord, it is my privilege and honor to call them blessed, for you have blessed them, Father, with the blessing of the Lord, with the blessing of God, the, the empowerment and endowment that causes them to increase. And Lord, I thank you that they are blessed going out. They are blessed coming in. They are blessed in the field. They are blessed in the city. Lord, whatever they put their hands to is blessed. And we give you thanks and praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And we thank you for watching online. If you watch this uh, live or at any time, you can go to the website and do that that way. Amen. All right. We got some kids that are going to go to Kids Life today. We appreciate our teachers and volunteers in Kids Life that minister to our kids. So kids, we're going to dismiss you now to your class. Have a good class. Praise the Lord. How many of you practice recycling? Raise your hands if you recycle. We're going to do some recycling today. We're going to turn some junk into some good things today. Amen? Amen. And uh, today I want to talk to you about how to turn your worry and care into prayer. Turn your worry and care into prayer. You know, you, as a, as a believer in Christ Jesus, you do not need to fear anything, right? Because we know that God did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but he gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Say, I have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I have no fear of anything or anyone. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, you know, perfect love, when it comes in, it literally casts out fear. When perfect love comes in, fear goes, I am out of here. Amen. I want you to turn in your Bible with me today to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And uh, we're actually going to start in verse 4. 
We're going to start in verse 4, Philippians 4, 4. Aren't you glad that we get to be acquainted with the Lord? Not as someone who we know from a distance, but we can have an up-close and personal and intimate relationship with Jesus. Amen? And when you meet him... It's a journey of getting to know him because there's so many aspects of God that we will never uncover on this earth. Amen? Because he's unfathomable. His word is unsearchable. And, uh, but we can get to know God. So Philippians 4.4, 4, it says this, Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Oh, it doesn't say sometimes? It doesn't say when you feel like it? See, Who are we rejoicing in? We're rejoicing in the Lord. He is the source of our joy. Okay? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. So that tells me you can have a continual stream of rejoicing in your life no matter what's going on in your life. Or no matter what circumstance or situation you find yourself in. Verse 5 Let your moderation or your gentleness. Is gentleness a fruit of the Spirit? Absolutely. Let your gentleness be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Okay? So we're supposed to rejoice in the Lord because joy is also a fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. Amen? And we're supposed to let our gentleness be made known unto all men. All right? And... Here we, go, here we get to the main point uh, in verse 6. King James says, be careful for nothing. Amplified says, do not be anxious or worried about anything. I'm going to deal with your anxieties today. And we're going to turn your anxiety and care into prayer. Hallelujah. You can, you can actually learn right here today on how to unhook yourself from care and be at rest and have peace and walk securely and walk firmly in life. And it doesn't matter what the devil brings. It doesn't matter what pops up in the world. It doesn't matter what this person is doing or that government is doing or what's happening in our situation. It doesn't matter because I'm not going to be anxious for anything. I'm not going to have any anxiety. We as believers can have that. We can have an anxiety-free life. Hallelujah. But it's all in your connection with the Lord. So I'll read this from the King James and I'll read this from the Amplified. Be careful for nothing. That's pretty clear, isn't it? You know, God didn't stutter when he said this. He meant what he said. We, he is telling us, notice, this is not a suggestion, is it? This is coming from the Holy Spirit through the hand of Paul, who's writing to the Philippian church, people just like you and I. And he said, be careful for nothing. But in everything, whoo, careful nothing, but in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, let me read this from the Amplified. 
Do not be anxious. Look at someone and say, don't be anxious. Or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation. The Bible means what it says. Amen? By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your requests known to God. Hallelujah. Anxious free living. Worry free living. Because anxiety and worry are all children of fear. See, I can be anxious free. See, I can be worry free. You can keep your fingernails at the same length. You won't have to gain weight. See, the problem is that most people, when we experience anxiety, when things come up in life and we experience anxiety, we look to short-term answers that will temporarily avoid the anxiety or temporarily uh, weaken it. But after the temporary is gone, it's even worse. Amen? But I'm, I'm giving you some medicine that will clear it out completely. That will eradicate your life of any anxiety. Because the Bible says we can be anxious free. What does it mean to be anxious? I'm so glad you asked. It means a part opposed to the whole. It means you're going in two different directions. That sounds to me like wavering. To be anxious, this is the Greek word, uh, Merimano, if that's how you say it. I don't know. The only Greek I know is gyro. (laughs) But thank God for dictionaries and lexicons. I did take a basic Greek course uh, a long time ago, but... To be anxious means drawn in opposite directions. Can you go two different directions at the same time? No. It's painful. Just just have have some not now, but have someone pull one arm and pull the other arm and see how it feels going in two different directions. It'll bring some pain, won't it? To be anxious means divided into parts. It means to go to pieces. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. It means pulled apart in different directions. Like the force exerted by sinful anxiety. Being anxious is a distracting care that hinders your spiritual growth. Because you can't grow if you're trying to go in two different directions at the same time. Being anxious is distracting care... That hinders your spiritual growth. The command, you know, it's interesting that in the Bible, the command fear not appears 365 times, one for each day. Everybody say the command command. to fear fear not. Every time an angel would show up or Jesus would show up and people would be freaked out, the first response would be fear not. It was always a command. 365 times the Bible says, fear not. One for each day of the year. Hallelujah. 
Now, the Bible is not talking about caring for a loved one who needs our help and our compassion. You know, you could be a caregiver. That's not the care that he's talking about. He's talking about taking the situation upon yourself, trying to figure out how you're going to solve it or you're going to get through it, not considering any help whatsoever, you know, and that's going to cause you to be divided and go into different parts and different directions. Matthew Henry, who's a commentator, that means he's a plain potato. No, just kidding. <laughs> You've got to have some fun, amen? Matthew Henry said, There is a care of diligence which is our duty and, de- and agrees with the wise forecast and due concern, but there is a care of fear and distrust. That's the care we're talking about today. That's anxiety, which is sin and folly, and it perplexes and distresses the mind. If you're putting the solution to figure out the problem on yourself, you're doing the wrong thing. Because you've got someone else that you can help solve the problem. His name is Jesus. His name is Father God. His name is Holy Spirit. A remedy against perplexing care is constant prayer. A remedy against perplexing care is constant prayer. Do you need a phone plan to talk to Jesus? Do you need an intercom to talk to Jesus? You don't need a carrier pigeon to talk to Jesus. You can talk to your father anywhere, any place, any time, any situation, no matter how you feel. You have a direct line to the father. You can talk to him anytime. So prayer can occur anywhere. Prayer can occur when you're in prison. Prayer can occur when you're on your sickbed. Prayer can occur when you're all alone and no one else is around you. We can pray anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Amen? Another commentator, Barnes, you know, I use commentators sometimes because you've got to really sift through them because some of them talk unbelief. And, you know, you've got to get some nuggets. This is, these are some nuggets. Uh, Barnes commentator, he said, there is to be... Such confidence in God as to free the mind from anxiety. When you have such confidence and knowledge and trust in God, it frees you from anxiety. How many want to be free from anxiety today? You've come to the right place today at the right time on the right day. This is is an anxiety-free zone. And if you came in anxious, you're going to leave peaceful. Hallelujah. Amen? But there's such a sense of dependence on him to keep it calm. Hallelujah. You have the opportunity to discuss your situation with God before you make up your mind about it. You need to get God's perspective on your situation. And the way to get God's perspective is have a little talk with Jesus. Get him on the main line. Amen? Hallelujah. Why? You are connected 
to Father God. Amen? You know, as human beings, people look at the pain for a moment, but God sees the joys of an eternity. You know, time, time is different with God than with us, right? The Bible records that a day is with the Lord as a thousand years. So God could say in a little while, he, just, he might mean a day. That's like a thousand years, right? God thinks of time differently than we do. He's eternal. He gave us time so that we could have some sort of measurement on the earth. But he always was. He always is. He always, he, 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 he doesn't have a beginning or an ending. He is it. He, he, he dwells in eternity. So he thinks about time differently than we do. But when you're going through something or when something comes up in your life, you need to get his perspective before you make up your mind, before you say something that you regret. That's why you got to turn your worry and care into prayer. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. I didn't know what the Lord wanted me to say, and it took till 8.30 last night. But I finally picked up what he was saying. 1 Peter chapter 5, and let's look at verse 6. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. How do you humble yourself under God's mighty hand? You put your complete trust in him alone, not relying on anything else. In other words, God becomes your parachute, and you're about ready to jump out the plane. What, what else is someone going to trust in other than their parachute when you jump out the plane? Amen? That's how we need to trust in God. Humbling yourself means you put your total and complete trust in God alone, not with any other thing. Amen? Can God hold you up? Can God sustain you? Can God work it out? Can God do a miracle? Can God deliver you? So then let's put our trust in him. If he can do all that and he can do all that, let's put our trust in him. Let's trust him. Amen? But the, the thing of it is, you're holding on to the care that prevents you from trusting him. Here's what Peter said you got to do. He said, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. When you do that, God will exalt you. He'll lift you up. Amen? Joseph went from the pit to the, to the palace. That's a pretty good lifting up, isn't it? And God did that. No matter what happened to Joseph, he was put in the pit. He got out. He was put into prison. He got out. Then he got, he was put into the palace. Amen. Esther was an orphan of, in a foreign country and the orphan became a queen. That's God lifting you up. Amen. That's God putting you in a position because those people trusted in God. Look at verse seven. Casting some of your care. Are you sure? Not even the little care? Can I just hold on to the little care? No. 
You've got to get rid of the big care. You've got to get rid of the little care. Casting all your care, all your anxiety unto him, for he cares for you. He's the one who can handle it. He's the one who can work it out. You can't work it out on your own. You can't rely on your own strength or your own experience. You've got to cast that care. You've got to release that care. You've got to let go of that care. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. The Apostle Paul knew a little bit about why he told the Philippians to not be anxious about anything. He knew a little thing about some things that might cause anxiety in a person's life. Oh, the Apostle Paul, he's a great preacher, right? He's serving God. Did, did, Did trouble just show up in his life at times? Certainly it did. But notice how he handled it. Proverbs, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. No, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians. I was like, oh. Let me get to the right place here. Sorry about that. 2 Corinthians eleven, twenty-three. 23. He's talking about other ministers. He said, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes above measure. Everybody say stripes. That's whippings. That's actual whippings that he received. Do you think a whipping would cause anxiety? It might. Okay? In prisons more frequent. (laughs) I've I've been in and out of jail. So has the Apostle Paul. (laughs) You're in good hands. (laughs) In deaths often of the Jews five times received 40 stripes, save one. He was whipped five, he was whipped more than Jesus was. And he's, and it didn't kill him. Can you say amen? Amen. Okay, Uh, verse 25, thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I suffered shipwreck. You think a shipwreck would cause anxiety? Being in the ocean, a night and a day, floating on some piece of water or wood, maybe or something. (laughs) Yeah, using the wood to float on the water. (laughs) Okay, verse 26, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, perils of robbers, Perils by my own countrymen. You know, when your own countrymen want to kill you, that might cause anxiety. Okay? In perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, that's sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside all those things that are without that which comes upon me daily, the care of all the churches, all the churches that he started, all the churches that he birthed, all the places that he preached the gospel and the church uh, rose up. He's got that care and concern, right? Who is weak? I am, and I am not weak. Who is offended? And I burn, I burn not. 
If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knows that I lie not. He is magnifying God in the midst of all these things that could possibly cause anxiety in his life. Amen? Because he had a revelation from God that God's grace was sufficient, that no matter what you face, you got a grace that's greater than the oppression that's coming against you. It's greater. The grace is greater than the pressure that you're facing so you can trust in the grace of God. Amen? Amen? Paul wasn't moved by these things. That didn't stop his ministry. He didn't start a chat line saying, oh, fellow ministers, what am I going to do? All these things are happening to me. Whoa, it's me. That's not Paul. He wouldn't have signed up to that club. He, he was going to magnify God no matter what. Amen. He had a peace and a calm that he could, he could go through the whippings. He could go through the beatings. He could go through the shipwrecks. He could go through the imprisonments and come out to tell about it. Amen. Until he finished his course with joy. Hallelujah. We got to have some attitudes like go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Hallelujah. And let's go to verse... uh, Let's, let's go to verse uh, 25. Matthew 6, therefore, verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. You mean I'm not supposed to think about my life? Don't make it the primary focus of that's all you think about. Who needs to be first in your life? Seek first the kingdom of God. All right? What you shall eat or what you shall drink, for yet, uh, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap uh, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more than they say? I'm, I'm more than a bird. You are. Which of you by taking thought, you know what he's talking about when he says taking thought? Worry. Worry. Taking thought, it's a decision that someone makes when situations aren't going the way you think they should. You, you could either worry or you could pray. That's the choice that we're making. Okay? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one? Worry doesn't change a thing. Worry won't cause you to grow an inch. Worry won't cause help to come your way. Worry won't get you out of the situation, but prayer will. So why spend the time and the energy worrying, being anxious, and taking on the care when you can pray and put that care into someone else's hands who can actually do something about it? Amen? And he goes on to say, he gives several examples. Worry doesn't do a thing. So don't do it. Amen? Hallelujah. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Is this helping someone today? Woo! 
Imagine a life free of worry. You can have it right now. Get your life free of worry. It's on sale for free right now. It fits every person, every size. It's guaranteed to last throughout eternity. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. Now, Paul is writing to this young pastor, Timothy. And Paul says, 2 Timothy 1, 3. He says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers. What's he doing first? He's thanking God. He's appreciating God. He's showing value to God. He is honoring God. He is praising God. I thank my God. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my what? Everybody say without ceasing. When Paul prayed for the churches and for people that he knew, he prayed without ceasing. It simply means he prayed all the time. Whenever he thought about it, whenever things came up, he prayed. Stop, drop, and pray. You want to turn your worry and care into prayer? Stop, drop, and pray. Amen? Getting rid of care is as easy as throwing out cold coffee from your window. I mean, I don't like to drink cold coffee. You just open up the window, toss it out. It, that's how easy it is to get rid of care. I don't know why that example came up. It just came up. I want you to see how easy it is to get rid of care. You don't have to go through a seminar on how to get rid of care. You don't have to get a degree. I'm, this is a carefree degree. No, you can, you can get rid of it right now. It's easy to get rid of. It's just, it's just choosing to do something else other than caring. You pray. You shift your focus. You talk to someone versus complaining about what's happening or what's going on. Amen? Okay, so I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. Verse 4, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance your unfeigned faith that is in you, which uh, dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and then your mother Eunice, I'm persuaded that is also with you. Thank God for generational faith. The greatest thing that you could pass on to your kids is faith in God. Amen? And, and a love for God. But they've got to see it in you first. You can't pass on what you don't have. Just a little side note. Won't charge you anything extra for that. Verse 6. When I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you, I must say it's time to stir up the gift. Okay, that was, uh, that was in you by the putting on of my hands. That was when he was ordained in the ministry. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. That's not what came with the package. Fear is not in the package of Christianity. God, when you get Jesus, you don't get a spirit of fear. You get the Holy Spirit. You get the spirit of truth. You get the spirit of fire. You get the spirit of knowledge and understanding and wisdom. Hallelujah. You don't get a spirit of fear. That comes from the world. That comes from without, that, that comes from di- being disconnected from God. Verse 8. Be not a, be, You therefore uh, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Paul is being a prisoner. Maybe this was when he was in the house. Is he sad about being a prisoner? No, he's magnifying God. He's talking about God. Don't don't be ashamed at me or my, my mess. We serve a good God. Amen. 
but be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. we got power to overcome afflictions. When afflictions come up, we've got power to overcome, to go through, to go past, to blow past them. Amen? It's just a simple shift. Hallelujah. All right? Go with me to Psalm 37, and I'm going to give you some ways to cast your care unto Jesus. Does God care for you? You believe that he cares for you? Then why are you holding on to your cares another moment? It's time to let him go. How am I going to work it out? Father, I ask you to show me how I'm going to work that out. How am I going to solve this problem? Heavenly Father, I ask you to give me a solution to this problem. Oh, I, I, I can't find a way out. Heavenly Father, you're a way maker. Show me the way out. Amen? Turn your worry and care into prayer. Hallelujah. All right, Psalm 37. All right? These are uh, things. You can stop the worry. You can cast your care and voice your prayer. Amen? The moment you begin to pray in faith is the moment that God's peace begins to flow. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Psalm 37, verse 1. Fret not. Everybody say, fret not. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Everybody say, don't worry. Be happy. Was that hard? You have a choice. Do I worry or do I be happy? I'm going to be happy. Amen? Fret not yourself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. So don't worry about evil people. Don't worry about what's going to happen. God will do his justice. Amen? God doesn't miss a thing. God will execute justice because his throne sits on justice and righteousness. God is a just God, and he will take care of the evildoer. You don't need to be concerned with the evildoer. Pray for the evildoer. Say, Holy Ghost, sick him. (laughs) Amen. All right. Verse 3. Verse 3, Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. You've got to trust in the Lord. You do that by faith. Then you've got to do good by walking by faith and walking in the light. You've got to act like you're trusting God. Amen? Too many people live like they're not trusting God. They live like they're trusting themselves or trusting in the world or trusting in some other thing. No, you've got to trust in God. That's a conscious decision that you make. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. You know what? You can trust God in darkness because you know that he's the light. You can trust God in trouble because you know he's a very present help in trouble. Trusting God is... How many believe... That if I stood on this chair in the front row, that it would hold me up. Why isn't it holding me up now? Because i got to put my trust in it. But when I put my trust in it, look, it holds me up. But see, I already knew that so that I could put my trust in it. That's what you do with God. 
You got to put your trust in God, just like you put money in the bank. Amen. When you put money in the bank, you trust it's going to go to your account. Yeah, you you give them an account number, and hopefully it gets to the right account, right? Unless someone stole your identity. But just, just as easy as it is to deposit money into a bank, it's as easy to put your trust in God. You take the money that's in your hand. If you go through the drive-thru, you put it in the tube and it goes... I love that sound. Or you could go in and you could do it face-to-face. Or you could do it through the ATM. Or you could do it by your computer. There's all kinds of ways that you can shift your money and put it in the bank. That's how we have to put our trust in God. Okay? All right? Verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You've got to take joy in God. You've got to delight yourself in God. Oh, God is so good. How do you delight yourself in God? You praise him. You acknowledge him. You voice your, his goodness. Amen. You talk about his good qualities, his good characteristics, and they're all good. That's how you delight yourself in God. You've got to have a good time in Jesus. Notice to those who trust him, to those who don't worry, and to those who delight. That's the things that he's talking to. People who do these things. This is what we got to do to cast our care to him. Amen? Okay, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he'll what? He'll bring it to pass. How many know that you, marriage is a commitment, right? And when you fall in love, oh, I just fell in love. And then you get to a point where, okay, your love has grown and you can't be apart from that person. I, I couldn't be apart from Dr. Fiona. She, she knew a long time before I did. It took me a long time to wake up. And she did not wait around for me, let me tell you. She kept doing her thing, what God wanted to do. If this person's going to remain sleeping, I'm going to find someone else. You know, maybe she thought, when's this guy going to wake up? But finally I did. Thank God I woke up in time. I'd have missed it. So what, because I loved her, I entered into a commitment with her. I made a vow before witnesses and other people. I gave her a ring. I put her on all of my accounts. She took my name. We entered into a commitment together. We committed for life. Commit your way unto God. Commitment means you, you, you offer a promise and you keep your promise. That's what commitment is. Commitment means you're in it for the long haul, not the short-term results. We got to be committed to Christ. Commit your way unto him. Are you going the Lord's way or are you going your way? Are you doing your will or are you doing God's will? Who are you committed to? Commit, everybody say Christianity is about commitment. Well, if you don't want to say it, it's true anyway. You could say amen or oh me. All right? Okay, number seven, verse seven. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently. There's another fruit of the Spirit. Patience. 
Wait patiently for who? For him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Don't worry about the wicked prospering. Why? Let him prosper because there's going to be a wealth transfer. Who, who, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just. That's a Bible thing. Sometimes God has to prosper the wicked when they get to the point that he can transfer it over. Amen? Laban had his wealth transferred to Jacob. Laban's sons testified, Jacob has taken all of our father's wealth. He's become wealthy and left our father poor. What did he do? He put striped sticks in front of sheep and God prospered him. Of course, later on he said God gave him a dream on what to do. God showed him how to initiate and activate the transfer. So Jacob ended up with all the strong sheep and goats. Laban had all the weak sheep and goats. Amen? Rest in the Lord. Jesus said, all those who are heavy laden with burdens, come to me and I'll give you rest. Why? He's the Lord of the Sabbath. Rest means without worry and you're just trusting in him. Ah. Everybody go, ah. You're just resting in God. Amen? He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're walking around with a heavy burden, the Lord did not give you that because Jesus himself testified his burden is light. Amen? Not heavy. His glory is heavy, but his burden is light. All right? Verse 8. Cease from anger. Oh, that's another way to cast your care. And forsake wrath. Fret not yourself in any wise to do evil. Notice this is the third time he said fret not. When someone repeats something three times, you think he's trying to get something across to us? Cease from anger. Does that mean you should get anger, you should cease from anger at evil? No. You don't let anger control you. You don't let anger dictate your actions. Be ye angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. There is a way. Jesus was angry when he went to the temple and he started overturning tables, pushing money aside, and cracking a whip. He didn't say, may I come in and crack, crack a whip, please? No. He was angry. He was ticked off. He went in there overturning tables like a wild man. Why? Because they were misusing the temple of God. He was angry at the un, injustice and the unrighteousness that was taking place. But don't let anger control you. Stop using anger as a, as a reason to misbehave. Oh, it's because I'm an angry person. Get over it. Get rid of the anger. You've got a problem. You need a heart change. Anger has nothing to do with your ethnicity. Mm, I stepped on some toes there. Guess what? We're part of a different kingdom. We have a different culture now. doesn't matter what culture you grew up in. We've got to implement the kingdom culture. Right? Kingdom culture overrides ethnicity culture. That doesn't mean you lose your identity of who you are or where you came from. It just means you incorporate the kingdom and you do it things the right way, not the natural way. Well, I'm touching on some things today. Amen? Hallelujah. We should have had a first aid station for... 
All right? Notice verse 9. This is why you shouldn't worry about evildoers. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. How many want to inherit the earth? We can inherit the earth. Why? We just have to be patient. Get, God will take care of the evildoers. But if we're patient and we wait on God, we will get the inheritance of the earth. Amen? Who do you think is going to be ruling during the millennium? Believers. For a thousand years, we're going to be ruling and reigning with Jesus on the earth. Because a thousand years, Satan is locked up. A thousand years, a, a child can lay at an adder's nest and not be burned. The lion can lay down with the lamb and the lamb won't, and the lion won't hunger for lamb chops. Okay? Alright? Go down to verse 11. These are reasons why, how we should cast our care to the Lord. Alright? Verse 11. The meek shall inherit the earth. And shall delight themselves in an abundance of peace. How many want abundance of peace? <laughs> you know, Moses, the Bible describes Moses as the meekest man who ever lived. You know what he did? Moses was the pastor of two to three million people. He led them out of Egypt when he was 80. He went from being a prince to a shepherd to a deliverer. Okay? And out of those two to three million people, there were some people who were kind of on the outskirts. And those were the people that complained. They wanted the leeks and onions where God wanted to take them with milk and honey. Okay? And every time, the reason that Moses was meek was this. Every time a problem arose, Korah rebelled. Uh, people didn't believe God. They doubted, right? What, did, what was Moses' response? Every time trouble arose or rebellion occurred, he prayed. He interceded. That's why he was the meekest man. He turned his worries and care into prayer all the time. We can learn a lot from Moses' prayer life. Every trouble that he ever had come against him, he would ask God what he should do, right? He, they came across, the, the people hadn't had water for three days, you can imagine, if you're, you don't have water for three days, you're, you're close to the end, right? And, and people are complaining, and, and when people are in need, they're going to come against the leader. And they were coming against him, and, and he said, what do I need to do? And God said, take, the stick, take a stick, throw it in the water, and, and make, turn the bitter water sweet. Because they came across water, but it was bitter. He couldn't drink it. But God healed the waters. Amen? Where did he get that answer? He prayed. Yeah, there was pressure. People were coming against him, but he prayed, and guess what? It worked out. Because you've got to turn your worry and care into prayer. All right? So how do we cast our care to the Lord? Uh, verse 11, uh, the meek is, another word for meek is humble. Be humble. All right? Verse 27, depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. If you're doing evil, stop and do good. I heard this when I was at Rama. The only way to correct a wrong is to do right. If you want to correct a wrong, do right. Stop doing evil. Start doing good. Is that pretty clear? That's not a mystery, right? We're like, God, what are you trying to say? 
I don't know what you're trying to say, Lord. Depart from evil and do good. It's pretty clear. You've been doing wrong? Stop it. Start doing right. That's, then you're going to dwell forevermore. Amen? All right, verse 30. Aren't you glad that God gave us a whole psalm on how to cast our cares to the Lord? The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of judgment. You got to put wisdom on your mouth. You got to speak wisdom. Amen? Jesus is our wisdom. The Word is our wisdom. We have a spirit of wisdom. There's no reason why we can't speak wisdom. Amen? But we got to speak wisdom. All right? Uh, Verse 31, the law of God is in his heart and none of his steps shall slide. Okay? If you want to cast your care, put the law of God in your heart. Right? Study the word. Be a student of the word. Okay? Reading the Bible is not an option. It's a necessity. If you're not reading the Bible, well, I'm not a reader. Pray and God will heal you. Or listen to the Bible on audio. We have the technology. We have the capability. You can be a $6 million Christian. $6 million man. I don't know if you used to watch that. Lee Majors. He had a bionic arm and two bionic legs and a bionic eye, right? He could. It's a little bit of my past. Pastor Doug watched too much TV when he was a kid. <laughs> Hallelujah. What's your revelation that Pastor Doug watched too much TV when he was a kid? Verse 34. Wait on the Lord. Keep his way. Because why? His way is the right way. Didn't the Spirit of God tell us about that this morning? I didn't put the two and two together, but he was emphasizing that point. And he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. there's going to come a point in time when the wicked will be cut off and we're going to see it. And when, 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 what the wicked are cut off, who does it go to? It goes to the righteous. Amen. All right. Verse 37. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. Glory to God. Mark the perfect man. Well, nobody's perfect. Well, Jesus is. You can be like Jesus, can't you? Does the Bible say we can put on Christ? Does the Bible say we have the mind of Christ? Does the Bible say we can walk like Christ? That means we can be just like Christ. I can be perfect like Jesus is perfect. Some of you aren't buying it, but it's true. All right? And then finally, verse 40, last verse of this psalm. Of course, it's the last verse. And and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. So when you cast your care into the Lord, you you become a prime candidate for deliverance, for rescue, for help, for blessing. But you got to do the casting. You do the casting, God will do the delivering. But you got to do the casting. You can't hold on to care and be delivered. God delivers you carefree by casting your care to him. Giving it to him. Releasing it to him. Amen. Go back to Philippians chapter 4. Hallelujah. You doing good? Whoo, we're going to leave peaceful today. Amen. 
Philippians chapter 4. Right? So, how many are anxious for anything? Can I see a show of hands? You guys are smart. You know you're not anxious for anything. You guys are smart. Why? Because you go to VCF. Amen? What happens when you uh, turn your worry and care into prayer? This is the result. Verse 7, and the peace of God which passes all understanding keeps your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Why does it need to keep your heart and your mind? Because that's where you're going to have the most problem with. Where do you worry? In your mind and in your heart. So what has to keep your mind and heart? The peace that passes understanding. Amen? The NIV says it transcends all understanding, and the peace will guard your heart and mind. The New Living Translation says the peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The Aramaic Bible in plain English says the peace of God who is greater than every mind will keep your hearts and minds in Yeshua the Messiah. The contemporary English version says, Then, because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. This peace will control the way you think and feel. And then finally, the uh, God's Word translation says, Then God's peace, which goes beyond anything we can imagine, will guard your thoughts and emotions through Christ Jesus. How many want the peace that you can't understand? Amen? When, 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 you, when you cast your care and you turn it into prayer, the peace of God, God's peace, His very peace comes on you. You can't understand it. You can't comprehend it. But it comes on you. It keeps your heart and your mind focused on the anointing of God, focused on the solution, focused on the right way. Hallelujah. That peace comes in. And you'd be like, yes, I'm getting delivered. Hallelujah. I'm overcoming. Glory to God. I win. Hallelujah. Why? I got the peace of God. That passes understanding. You don't have to understand it to have it. It's, it's beyond your understanding. And, and that peace keeps you. That peace guards you. That peace guards the heart and the mind. Why? What you think on your mind long enough will eventually go to your heart. So you've got to keep those things. You've got to guard those things. When you're at peace, you can focus on important things. How many know sometimes when you're faced with a decision, it's good to take a breath for a second, then you can make a good decision, right? Otherwise, if you're, if you're being pulled in every direction, you're not going to make a good decision. You've got to have peace to make that good decision. Amen? Anxiety and chaos hinders your focus, which may lead to a bad decision. All right? The, the word for peace is shalom. Hallelujah. It means nothing missing, nothing broken. Go to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Hallelujah. This may cause you to shout. Isaiah 26 verse 3. You doing good? Getting peaceful and free? You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. How many want perfect peace? Well, then get your mind on him. 
Trust in him. Amen. Focus on him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. He'll keep you in perfect peace. A complete peace. A mature peace. A well-developed peace. Hallelujah. People will be looking at you. Chaos has happened and say, why are you so peaceful? Because I got a peace that passes understanding. My manager, when I worked for Effort National Bank, he appreciated my calmness. I'm a fairly calm person. Even when I get excited, unless I'm preaching or something, sometimes, ask Dr. Fiona, you know, uh, she tries to get me excited a lot of times for expressing outwardly my excitement. And uh, I'm growing in that. But my manager, he said, Doug, he said, I like your calmness. He said, if this bank was on fire, he said, I know that you could just call me and say, we need to exit the building because it's on fire. <laughs> and he just, he appreciated my calming personality is the way he called it. Amen. Why? I got a, I got a peace that passes understanding. When I was in a head-on collision in Sierra Leone, Dr. Fiona can testify, uh, after going to a Sierra Leone hospital, thank God I wasn't treated, when you see a buzzard sitting on a, a tree with no leaves in the middle of the hospital court, you're like, that's not a good thing. That's what I saw. Thank, I only had to get x-rays in Sierra Leone, and uh, we were in a head-on collision. We were in a RAV4, uh, the, the driver and I, and we were on a two-lane dirt road, and another vehicle that had 14 passengers or so, big SUV, decided to pass five cars, and we were in the lane. Couldn't go anywhere. Both the driver and I, all we said was Jesus. And that we hit head-on. That RAV4 engine was like an accordion folded up. But we had nothing on us. Airbags deployed, but those angels, man, they kept, they kept that shrapnel in bay, and they, they held us. Amen. I know for a fact that God did that. Because at the very same time that that was happening, Dr. Fiona was preaching. And because of the time difference, she she felt led to pray at that very moment. And, uh, well, uh, after we got done uh, getting the x-ray and then giving the police report, which took a long time, then uh, we were going out to dinner. So I called her and I said, hey, uh, babe, how you doing? I said, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I was in an accident today, right? I just said it really calmly. She's like, what? <laughs> you were, but that's just how I am. Why? You got a peace of God. Amen? And uh, so that's how the peace of God works. John, Jesus told his disciples, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Say, don't let my hearts be troubled. Say, if God gives you peace, you've got to decide to use it. If your heart is sensing trouble, you've got to calm your heart. You've got to say, I thank you for the peace of God. And you've got to, in that moment, you've got to squash the, the trouble that's coming. Right? Don't let your hearts be troubled. That's Jesus talking to his disciples, John 14, 27. All right? Uh, look, look at uh, John sixteen thirty three, and I'm getting to a finish here. John sixteen thirty three. Hallelujah. 
Look at this. This is powerful. It's written in red too, so Jesus is talking. These things I have spoken to you, John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Everybody say might have. Why did he say might? Because you got to believe it. And you got to believe it that you receive it. Okay? In me, you might have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. You'll have troubles. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And if I overcame it, you can overcome it. That's what he's saying. In the world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So will you if you trust me. Turn your worries and care into prayer. That's trusting God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's go back to Philippians 4, and then we'll wrap this up. Amen? Philippians 4. Flip over to Philippians. Do the Philippian flip. So, be careful for nothing. How do I do that? Pray. You pray with thanksgiving. You pray with praise. You're not just giving God a request, but you're praising him. You're acknowledging him. You, you look at the prayers in the Bible. They, they talked about how God was the creator, how God was the almighty before they started asking him for things. They, they praised him before they started asking him. Prayer with thanksgiving and supplication, specific request. But notice, <clears throat> the thanksgiving comes first, right? Well, Specific request with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God which passes us in finally, brethren. So once the peace comes, you've got to keep the peace. Say, I'm a peacekeeper. Actually, you're a peacemaker. You've got a, you've got a cult King James, right? The, the cult used to be called the peacemaker. You've got a cult King James. Well, this is King James, right? Whatever version you use. You've got a cult Bible that you're packing. Amen. So what are you going to do with the, when the peace comes? Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things. So in order to keep that peace that passes understanding, you've got to focus your mind on these things, which are all about God. Right? God is true. God is good. God is pure. Right? Verse 9, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Who? how many want the God of peace? He's not just any God. He's the God of peace. He is the source of peace. He is the Prince of peace. Hallelujah. We can have peace in troubling times. We don't have to be anxious. We can have peace. And there's a whole lot more scriptures I could give you about peace. But the Holy Spirit wants you to have some peace today. He wants that peace that passes understanding to come on you to keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When, when you get healed, you need to keep the peace. You need the anointing to touch your mind and your heart. Otherwise, it's so easy to talk about sickness versus talking about healing. If your focus is on sickness, you've got to stop focusing on that. Start focusing on healing. How do we know you're focusing on it? Because you're talking about healing. You're no longer talking about sickness. Amen? Oh, God is going to heal me sometime. Yeah, when is that time? 
Do you have to schedule an appointment to be healed? Faith is 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Faith is now. Everybody say right now. Say right now. In this moment, I can be healed. I can have peace. I can be made strong. My situation can change right here, right now. Come on, say it. My situation can change right here, right now. Because God will give you a peace that passes understanding. It will keep your heart in mind. That peace will help you think on the right things. It's the God of peace. He'll say, let me just do it this way. Come here, boy. (laughs) Come here, daughter. I'll, I'll be more sweeter to the... Here's what you need to think on. Here's what you need to say. What was the first response to the woman with the issue of blood when she heard the word? What was her first response? She said. What did she say? If I do this, I shall be whole. She could have said, man, I've I've had this sickness for 12 years. I don't know if it's going to work. But no, she, she said, if I touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. She started saying the things that she heard about Jesus. She started talking healing. She started talking health. She started talking strength. And then what did she do? She did it. Right? Because she was a woman of integrity. She did what she said. And she went and touched him. If she had just said it, it wouldn't have been enough. She had to do what she said now. She had to touch him. Touch him in her weakened state. Did she feel like touching him? No, but that's what she said. So she had to follow through. Amen? Amen? But God's going to give you a peace that passes understanding today. Every anxiety, every worry, every care is going to be going bye-bye today in the name of Jesus. He's going to lift that burden off of you, and he's going to replace it with his burden, which is light. Amen? Are you ready to lighten your load today? Are you ready to dump anxiety and get a hold of peace? Hallelujah. Peace can come on you like a flood. Glory to God. It can overwhelm you. Stand to your feet if you can. First of all, I want to ask you if you need healing in your body. It doesn't matter what's wrong. You know, sometimes we we don't need to figure out what's wrong. We just need to know that there's a healer. Amen. If you need healing in any part of your body, I want you to come right now and I want you to receive the peace of God, which means nothing missing, nothing broken. Right? That's healing, isn't it? Peace produces healing. Hallelujah. And I believe, you you believe with me that the peace of God is going to come on you? It's going to keep your heart and your mind in Christ? From this moment forth, your situation is going to be changed. You got to believe that. Those of you that are coming up here say, from this moment forward... My situation is completely changed because I'm going to have God's peace that passes understanding in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just want you to be in faith, be praising God. Amen. And be open for his touch, Father, in the name.
work. I mean, God's peace. God's peace is working in my life. It's working in my life. It's working the moment I enter this building. It's working the moment I enter. It's going to work when I leave. It's going to work when I leave. It's going to work in my home. It's going to work in my home. It's going to work in my car. It's going to work in my car. It's going to work when I go for a walk. It's going to work when I'm at work. It works all the time. It works all the time. Thank God for your peace. Working in me. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank God for the peace. I'm turning my care into prayer in the name of Jesus. Just like turning on a light switch. Transferring your care into prayer. Hallelujah. You're never going to be the same after today. You're never going to be the same after today. You're never going to be the same after today. You're never going to be the same after today. Because God doesn't. Amen. Um, is uh, Mr. Nate? There we go. You know what? Thank you, Lord. We are going to be saying goodbye to Nate. He's transferring from Pennsylvania to Oklahoma tomorrow. <laughs> but we are so glad that God brought Nate here. Yeah. He has been such a blessing to this body. He has done so many things, him and his family, but today we're going to pray over him and send him out to be blessed at Rhema for the next phase of what God has for his life. And uh, he's going to continue to have the fire of God on him because he loves fire. So I want you to stretch forth your hands. Uh, Paul and Lisa, you want to come? Stephen, come. Melissa, come. Any other family member, Pastor Nelson, may Dean come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to just lather you up, Nate. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Pastor Nadine went to get uh, Emmy, so we'll just wait a second. I'm learning not to be in a rush. Amen. Hallelujah. It's the first time we're singing, praying over somebody. Yeah. I like it. stretch forth your hands. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we lay hands on Nate, Father, to impart to him a blessing and an anointing, strength and power, Lord, to 
uh, get all that he needs to get in the next phase of his life. For him, for the blessings of God to flow upon him in the name of Jesus and overtake him, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that your plan is being fulfilled in his life. He's listening to your voice and the voice of Holy Spirit. You're leading, guiding, and directing him and bringing him into all truth, Father. We're we're, going to be sad that he's gone, but we're rejoicing in God's will being done. And great mighty things are going to be happening in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we bless him and we send him forth with the love of of BCF and the love of God and the anointing and power of God in the name of Jesus. Go and be a great success. Go and prosper in Jesus' name. So you can go with the peace of God today. Yeah. And it's not just for today, but it's for every day, every situation, wherever you are. God's peace will be there. Amen. Amen. Have an awesome day. God bless you. Amen.